0: You're listening to the My NFT Journey podcast. Each week, our host, Andy Storch, will share his journey and newly found passion for non-fungible tokens. Welcome to My NFT Journey. I am your host, Andy Storch, and this is a show where I share my NFT journey as well as the journeys of others and lessons we've learned along the way to help you with your NFT journey, wherever you might be, whether you're just starting out or you've been in the game for a little while like me and you're still trying to figure things out. That is what the show is all about. And I'm lucky to bring on some great guests from time to time. And I've got a good one today. Will Pimble is a web one pioneer, a web two leader, and a web three futurist. He built and sold web.com, one of the first and largest domain name registrars on earth. As a top 50 domain name millionaire, technology, futurist, and serial entrepreneur, Will has been building and growing tech companies since before the days of Web 1.0. And he also runs a uh, consultancy now on Web3, uh, an NFT agency. I also want to point out something we'll talk about later. Will and his kids have built five backyard roller coasters and have been featured on Good Morning America, Discovery Channel, Netflix, Facebook Watch, and dozens of television shows. I've watched the video on YouTube, and it is pretty crazy. Will, welcome to the show. <laughs> Thanks, Andy. It's great to be here, man. I am excited to talk to you about roller coasters. Sorry, my daughter's not here to join our conversation because she loves roller coasters or sometimes the idea of roller coasters. We were just talking about some this morning. So, Will, you have a long background in the technology space and you got involved with Web One with the internet really early on. I don't know if you to tell me, like, how did that come about and, and how did you end up with that web.com domain?
1: So, so the web.com domain name came when I was not looking for a job. I had uh, before before web.com. I ran one of the first ISPs, Internet Service Provider companies in San Francisco. This is back in the 56k modem frame relay days. I built and sold that company. I built and sold a technical training company where we would certify Microsoft systems engineers and uh, Microsoft certified systems engineers, Cisco guys, and all that sort of stuff. And I had just sold that company. And Liz and I were about to go off to Portugal for a year to celebrate the fact that we just sold our company. And and somebody from LA called me and said, hey, man, I just bought this domain name. It's web.com. I run a different kind of business than that. And I just, you know, you know anything about technology? Do you want to do something with this? And I'm like, web.com? Yeah, I would like to do something with that. So we built- one of the first domain name registrar companies, one of the first domain name companies in the world, and which became one of the first web hosting companies in the United States. And it just, it was, it was 80% right place, right time, 20% hard work. And, and so like, you couldn't, you couldn't duplicate that success story. I couldn't duplicate that success story because so much of it just had to do with, you know, being lucky and recognizing that. So yeah. So that was well, the first thing. I,
0: I feel like describes I feel like that describes the NFT world right there like you know there there's certainly some skill and that goes into it but a lot of times it's like being in the right place at the right time finding about the right thing if if you're going to benefit.
1: Yeah, and being open to it. I mean your story is very similar, right? And so like, you know, the the Gary V, the V friends got, you know, it's like, you know, got into crypto and you had a feeling and you listened to it. And right. um and I'm sure you'd what about that, you how did you how
0: did you get into web three?
1: Well, I got into web three because I didn't want to. I got into web three. Uh, I mean, literally, I got into it because I didn't want to. I've I've been successful at stuff. I'm a consultant. I've had and over the course of a few months, I've had a number of clients ask me. This was about starting about a year ago, I guess. Hey, what's all this crypto blockchain NFT stuff I keep hearing about? I'm like, you know what? Let's just not even why don't you go talk to somebody who really knows that stuff? That's not me. And over the course of a couple of months, I just had probably a half a dozen people that I know and respect ask me what I thought about that. What were the parallels between web one and web three? What should their business strategy be around this sort of stuff? And I and I just, I got asked so many times that I I really stopped being able to ignore it. I was like, okay, fine. I'll learn the freaking blockchain. And I didn't want to do it. But I got into it and I gathered a couple of people who I've known for a long time, smart, incredibly technical, incredibly capable, creative people. And we got into a conversation about it. We all had our own, you know, crypto blockchain NFT journey, just like the name of your show here. And what I discovered along the way is that a couple of things, crypto blockchain NFT are not complicated. Mm -hmm. The parallels between web one and web three are just about identical. They're just like, there's so many things right from back in the web.com days, the first question a customer would ask us was, what is a domain name anyway? Right? This was that's 20 right. years ago. Yeah. Now, everybody knows what a domain name is. It's just like that's, you know, there's like a domain name, there's a Kleenex, there's a car. No. You know, we just know what these things are now because we they're omnipresent. But back in the day, we had to say, well, a domain name, you know, like I have an address, 36 Park Avenue. That's where I live. A domain name is like an address, but it's on the internet. It's digital. It doesn't have any physical form, but it's real. And then the second question was, well, isn't that kind of bullshitty? Isn't that sort of a scam? <laughs> and, and then you'd say, well, Someone no. You want to go
0: to your internet address? Like, why would anybody care about yeah, that?
1: Yeah, exactly. Why would anybody care about that? And so, so, again, now you flash forward all the way to now. The first question anybody asks about an NFT is, what's an NFT? It's like, well, NFT, fungible, is actually an archaic word in the English language, which means replaceable. And for some reason, we've revived that word. And non-fungible means it can't be replaced. So imagine 100 baseball cards. Jeter walks in, signs one of the 100 baseball cards. That baseball card is now non-fungible. It's signed by Jeter. It's unique in the world. That's what an NFT is. It is a non fungible symbol of something. And it's, I was talking to a guy just before this, just before we talked, and he's like, No, man, so many people have tried to explain that stuff to me. I don't get it. And I'm like, Dude, give me three minutes. And I told him the Jeter story, right? You got a notary public, you got a videographer, you got a lawyer. Jeter walks in, thousand Jeter baseball cards. Jeter signs one of them. That's documented and notarized that he actually did it. That one out of a thousand baseball cards, that one is unique in the world. It's non-fungible because Jeter signed it. And and so, like, and then people say, like, well, what's the blockchain all about? It's like, well, forget the word blockchain. It's just a database, man. It is an encrypted spreadsheet. Just like millions of other encrypted spreadsheets in the world, we just happen to call it something stupid blockchain. And yeah. and like the way brains work is when I say block anything, it mm-hmm. stops your it stops you right there. So like when I yeah. tell you blockchain, your brain can't help but shut down a little bit and it makes it very hard to understand. Right. If I say supply chain, totally, I got it. Yeah. Daisy chain, oh yeah, when we were kids and the thing, sure. Supply chain, bicycle chain, any other kind of chain. But if I say blockchain, it stops us. And so we've named everything in this industry words that stop us understanding
0: it. <laughs> I know, NFT, I don't know who decided. And I think these, you and I talked about this on your show, and Gary Vee talks about this. I think these names are going to change, right? Just like whatever we talked about in 1998, the World Wide Web and you know other words that we don't really use anymore, they'll probably change. But I actually wanted to ask you to explain some of these terms. So I'm glad you went to that because I think you have a knack for this. And I agree with the NFT, with the Jeter you know, for those who are not baseball fans, Derek Jeter is a, you know, famous New York Yankees baseball player from the 1990s and early 2000s. National Probably uh, going to the Hall of Fame. And I would even, I would broaden that to say, he doesn't have to sign it, right? But let's say Topps, the baseball card company said, we're only releasing, you know, a set of 550 of these special Jeter cards. Yep. And we can prove that there are only 550 in existence. Yep. And then you can trade them and everybody can track, like, when you sold it, how much, who you traded it to. So you don't have to, like, send it in to get authenticated because it's already authenticated right there on the blockchain. Yeah. So blockchain, you said, is an encrypted database. Yeah. If you could expand that a little bit further, like, why is it called the blockchain?
1: Well, I wouldn't want to expand it too much further, but I'll, I'll expand it a little bit. So, so the idea of the blockchain. If you want to get if you want and I don't I don't think anybody should want to get like super technical about it because it gets insanely technical insanely fast. If you think about like again, I try to I try to think of things in terms of things I already understand. So mostly people understand an SSL certificate or secure sockets layer or, or an encrypted web page. And the way we know something is encrypted when we look at a web page is we see that little lock in the corner of the browser, or we see it its absence when it's not there. But we know yeah, yeah. if a connection is secure. What blockchains? What a blockchain is is it's a series of digital or or like you know metaphorical, if you will, blocks of encryption that have been done by a whole mess of computers from a whole bunch of other places to verify that a transaction, that one of the lines that we've written to our spreadsheet, one of the entries mm-hmm. in the ledger mm-hmm. is legit. It really happened. Mm-hmm. It's really what it should be. And and I won't get into all of the different ways yeah. that, that's, that that can be validated. But a blockchain is just, it's a series of building blocks. Of, you know, so let's, again, let's stop thinking about it's a series of links in a chain. And so when one transaction gets validated, it becomes a block or a brick in a wall or a link in a chain. And then the next transaction gets validated and it becomes another link in that same chain. Mm -hmm. And the more blocks there are in a chain, the harder it is. You can't go back and decrypt or undo a transaction that was recorded even one right. block ago but several blocks ago without right. breaking the entire thing apart and it's very hard to break the entire thing apart and so so all of that and that is and that is the most monkey version of an of an explanation that any technical person would ever want to hear but it's still already I think too technical and I'm a pretty technical wow. guy
0: And who's who is verifying these transactions where are these computers and because I think it's important I don't know if I've covered this too well in the past, And where does like mining come in? Because this is kind of the foundation of like Bitcoin and Ethereum and how these transactions are verified and sent over the blockchain.
1: Yep. So so the whole idea of Web3, the whole idea of Bitcoin, the whole idea of the blockchain or not the blockchain, there isn't a blockchain. There are are many, many blockchains, just like there are many, many spreadsheets and many, many databases, right? It's Mm -hmm. it's just like places where we keep information. Uh, The cool thing that one might say is cool about a blockchain is that it's decentralized, meaning there isn't one company, there isn't a Google or an Amazon Web Services or a web.com or any other company that is solely responsible for managing all of the data in that database on that blockchain. Database and blockchain being exactly the same things, So, I mean, and I'd say that over and over again, because people just, as soon as you say blockchain, it literally turns off your brain. I mean, you could measure it if we were to like, you know, put wires on your head. If I say block, it shuts down parts of your cognitive ability. It's what the word is for. So we've made something complicated and and then we've dumbed everybody down at the very beginning of the conversation. Yeah, it's like drinking five shots and then trying to do something something complicated, except less fun. So, a blockchain is decentralized. So whenever a transaction happens, whenever we put together one of those links in the chain or one of those entries in our database, what we do is we go out to a decentralized network of computers, and by the way, these these could be this could be your laptop or a desktop computer or a great big bunch of computers in a data center. It's just hardware. It's just computers, but they're all connected to a particular blockchain. When I go submit a transaction to the blockchain, it goes out and asks all of the computers on that network to validate this transaction. Most uh, Bitcoin and Ethereum, which are kind of the two big players in the space, I would would suggest, they ask all of the computers on the network to go and validate this transaction. And they do it by creating a thing called a hash, which we also don't have to think too much about, Right. right? They go and do some stuff. And they put, they like kind of put a puzzle together. And if I put the puzzle together the same way that you put the puzzle together, the same way that you put the puzzle together, that's how we create a proof of work. Do you remember the movie Apollo 13? Mm -hmm. Remember they're doing the math to try to figure out what the entry angle is because the computer on the ship isn't working anymore. And you see this cut from one guy to another guy and they've got slide rules and they're writing stuff down and you get five or six people to do the same math problem and they all say, yes, that's it, yes, that's it, yes, that's it. And you get five or six people in that movie, they all agree that the math is right. And the reason that they wanna agree that the math is right is it's important. If it's not right, those guys aren't gonna make it back to earth. Mm -hmm. That is called proof of work. You get five or six guys, five or six people, 5,000 or 6,000 computers to all do the same problem and reach the same solution. And that's how we prove that the work is done correctly. Mm. And if one person dissents, if one person disagrees, if four of those five guys in the movie got one answer and the fifth guy says, I'm not so sure about that. Then we go back to the beginning and we all do it over again until we all agree. That's proof of work. It's incredibly inefficient.
0: Right. Which is where the criticism comes in of, Web three yeah. and cryptocurrency being yeah. very energy inefficient and wasting lots of energy because you have multiple multiple computers. The benefit is there's way less chance of fraud or scam or whatever, right? Because it's verified by multiple sources. But the the downside is it takes a lot of energy.
1: Yeah the 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 benefit in, in Apollo thirteen in that movie the benefit of proof of work is that we prove that the work is done right and nobody's going to die because of that. Right. The thing about computers is. They're pretty good at doing the work and so the only the and so what we're checking on on blockchain transactions is we're not checking whether the computer can do the math. Of course the computer can do the math. Hmm. What we're checking is to make sure that there's no fraud. We're hmm. checking to make sure nobody is trying to game the system, add a transaction to that spreadsheet, that database, that blockchain, that ledger uh, those all mean the same thing. We yeah. want to make sure that that's legit. And so that's why proof of work exists in a blockchain, is to prevent fraud, is to prevent bad bad actors from acting badly. The problem is, and I, I actually, I had nothing to do today, and so I, I'll send it to you. I made a little yeah. list of uh, yeah. the things yeah. to validate one transaction, to mint one board ape on the yeah. Ethereum blockchain, uses the equivalent energy that would come out of 5.8 gallons of gasoline. Mm. For reference, that's enough gasoline to drive your Toyota Corolla 230 miles. Yeah, and
0: that's happening so, a lot throughout yeah. the day.
1: For, for another reference, if you had 26.7 gallons of gasoline, you could power, you could power your entire average American home for a month. <laughs> so... <laughs> So six gallons of gas to validate yeah. one transaction is caustic, right? Yeah, and yeah. that's that's the main criticism of Bitcoin, Ethereum. Yeah,
0: which, which we know will, will probably change in the future. Ethereum has been talking forever about moving from proof of work yeah. to proof of stake, right? Which will, yeah. will lower the energy that's involved and in all that stuff. Yep. But there's no doubt that this space is going to continue to grow. So as you started getting those questions and answering those questions and I'm guessing that's what led you down the road to starting a consultancy in the space. How did, how did you get involved in NFTs? Well, we got well, I mean,
1: so the consultancy, I've been, you know, I've been doing business and technology consulting for 15, 20 years now. And so this is just sort of the next iteration of that. Mm. After we get past the board apes and the crazy and the fun and the V friends and all of that like silly, silly stuff, and I've got my, you know, and it, you you, as you know, I'm a fan of the silly stuff.
0: Right. Yeah. But,
1: but once we get past that, Almost every important business transaction is going to happen on one blockchain or another, right? Title searches can happen in seconds and cost pennies on on a blockchain. But right now, a title search costs thousands of dollars and takes weeks. And you got to actually physically open a file cabinet and pull out a document somewhere if you just want to buy a house. So my interest in crypto blockchain NFT goes way beyond the fun that we're all having right now with it. What I believe is that You know, 10 years from now, five years from now, all the important business transactions are going to be done just as easily as you can, you know, hold your phone up to the credit card reader at the Kroger store and buy your groceries. That's just like, you know, blockchain is going to be omnipresent in the next decade. And so how do businesses manage NFT blockchain crypto strategy? That's a really important grown up question that needs to be asked. And how do we, as the technologists of you know, of today and tomorrow, how do we deploy and train the rest of the world about this, about this tech, about this culture? Ooh. How do we answer important questions? How do we solve important problems? That's that's what what my little crypto blockchain NFT consultancy business is all about. It's just another version of technology that we've all been using for you know since god was a boy right
0: (laughs) things are just evolving Thanks again for listening to my NFT journey. Hey, I wanted to take a moment to let you know that our podcast right now is sponsored by voice.com. Yeah, voice is an easy place for creators to create carbon neutral NFTs. That's right. You may have heard about NFTs from the outcry around environmental impact and how much energy is being burned by Bitcoin and Ethereum and other cryptocurrencies and NFTs and tokens traded on the blockchain. Well, Voice is 65,000 times more energy efficient than Bitcoin and 17,000 times more energy efficient than Ethereum. So if you're looking to create some NFTs very easily or buy some NFTs, especially low-cost NFTs, very easily with U.S. dollars and without burning lots of energy or impacting the environment, then check out voice.com. I am working on creating my own collection of NFTs on voice. And I've found so far that it's extremely easy. All you need is the right graphic, the right strategy or what you want to create. Decide what you want to give to people when they buy the NFTs and then go set it up. It only takes a few minutes. So go check it out voice.com and let me know what you think.